This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. It's the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley, and all week I've been introducing you to an informed Sean Calvert, and the informed Sean Calvert has got even more informed. We're on the verge of a, a, a massive week, potentially, fingers crossed. We won't get carried away here, but uh, Sean, the ATP Tour in Shanghai, the 1,000 event here, which is the penultimate 1,000 event year, has been very, very kind for us so far with winners galore, and it could get even more interesting over the next few days, couldn't it? Well, it could. I mean, someone's going to win this tournament at minimum 20 to one maximum 500 to one somewhere in between those two prices which which never really been done in shanghai before i think i remember right i think one of the top six seeds always won it didn't they before this year mm-hmm. um so yeah it's 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 been great you know we've few winners it's it's always nice when the conditions are a bit quicker it just gives you a bit a few more options and um the outrights that as i kind of picked out at the start the the path that i could sort of foresee for them as as so far gone uh, gone as planned but you know it's um we've got another couple of tough matches left before we get too carried away i think you're you're playing it down a little bit here i mean being kind is being i mean at the moment we have four players six players through to the quarterfinals and our 33 to 1 tip herbert hercash the number 16 seed is the highest seeded player out of the six through to the quarterfinals and then let's have a look at the players in there marajan ben shelton sebastian corda gregor dimitrov and jarry i mean we couldn't have hoped for a better uh, quarterfinal lineup, and as well as that, our eighty to one pick Ugo Mbert is already into the quarterfinals, and he'll play the winner of Tommy Paul or Andre Rublev, which is currently playing now. And obviously, Paul or Rublev will be the the lowest ranked seed in the tournament. So mm-hmm. you're being very plain. You're doing very Sean Calvert playing down things here. But a thirty-three to one shot and an eighty to one shot into the quarterfinals in a tournament like this is absolutely. Fantastic tipping from yourself. And really, I mean, it's anyone's tournament. It really is. It is, yeah. I mean, this this Rublev Paul match, which is just on just to the next uh, to the side of me there. Um, that's you know, the winner of that will presumably be the favorite to win the tournament ish. I mean, there certainly wouldn't be a clear favorite, would they? So and Humbert obviously has beaten Rublev at least twice before. He beat him last week in Beijing, didn't he? Beat him in the Halle final as well. Um so it, it is. It's anybody's. You know, Marajan's in there, five hundred to one, hundred to one. Shelton. Um, I think Bet Rivers actually went two hundred to one on on Humbert. When we when we recorded this, we only had a bare tissue of prices, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We didn't have a, hardly any odds. So I think a lot of people that are on Humbert would probably have had a a bigger price than I've quoted. Um, so yeah, it's just looking good at the minute. But you know, it's a couple of tough matches left to go. I don't like to get carried away. No, no, but I mean, you're, we, let me just pull it back to from a betting perspective. I mean, we, we haven't done anything yet. We've got through the quarterfinals, but Hercash is a, is a heavy favourite to get to the semifinals, minus 245. And then you're one match away from a, a payout, a 16 and a half to one payout. And Umbea, I mean, 
like I say, I mean, he's going to be underdog against Tommy Paul or Rublev, but uh, Paul has had a terrible year coming into it, and I give him a chance against Tommy Paul. And Rublev is an opponent he's beaten last week. So, really, there's no Alcaraz. I mean, the big news this morning is Carlos Alcaraz has got beat by Dimitrov. There was no, no Sinner's obviously out. Medvedev's obviously out. There was no Dovet Djokovic in the tournament. So, currently, to have an 80-1 to and a 33-1 to shot, in this position is looking very, very good. And as we say, there is there is some hurdles to overcome, but all good for now. And as well as that, we're cashing tickets on the on the matches as well, which is if yeah. we didn't have much luck, uh, sort of the US Open and at Wimbledon sort of period, but definitely on this Asian swing, we'd be back in force with a profit of 22.28 units on the show if you'd followed our picks all the way through this year. And hopefully we can add to those with a, with a nice winner on the outright market and some matches as well. Um, Sean, the tournament as a whole, it's been great for the bets, but, uh, mm. you know, we, we talk about the importance of court conditions here and the court conditions have been ever-changing uh, with the weather, the change of the weather each week, uh, each day we've spoken about here. Um, you've mentioned on the podcast before about how conditions change throughout a tournament. And we've had a question from uh, a Terry in Washington who's asked the question like, why is that? It, it, what, why, what makes the, the conditions change? You know, why did suddenly is it played very fast at the beginning and then not so fast as the tournament goes on? Um, give us a couple of reasons why that and why that is so essential if you're going to be playing any of these match bets. Well, I think it depends on the court. I, I mentioned the other day, show court three here is a lot quicker than the stadium court. I'm not entirely sure why that is, why, why they've why certain courts play differently. It, I would imagine it's because it gets more sun. Um, it could have just been laid slightly different. There could be any number of reasons, but the, the the main reason why the court's speed on the same court changes throughout the week is is generally the weather. If it's a hot day, it'll play considerably quicker than if it's a kind of damp, rainy day. I think that's that's the main number one reason. Um, it's it's difficult to know the CPIs until they don't normally come out until either just before the match or after. So the, the CPI isn't isn't that helpful on the day or or sort of pre-match but it can help you in the next round because I mean I didn't know the CPIs of these these Shanghai courts until probably three or four days five days into the tournament and then it transpired that show court three was quite a bit and, and some of the other outside courts were quicker than stadium court but you could kind of tell that from from the naked eye anyway you sometimes don't need the the bare stats you can you can just see that the the, the shot the effect that the shots have a big serve has or a big forehand has you can tell the effect that has on the opponent. And that gives you an idea of how, how quick the courts are. Just one other question about that. I mean, the courts could be quick, but the balls could be slow. We've spoken about, you know, we've yes. talked about court speeds now. That's the case here, yeah. I yeah. think it could be a little bit more now that the balls determine the, the game rather than the courts. The, the, the differing balls that you've mentioned, the Wilson balls and the certain different balls. Yeah. The Yonix balls, was it last week they were playing with? Um, these are Wilson 1, which is... Not as quick as the, the Wilson US Open ones tend to be the quickest and the, the lightest and the smallest. These Wilson one balls, they, they don't use them very often on the tour, but a lot of the players have been complaining that they they fluff up after one, two games, which makes the the rallies that are played with the older balls much longer and, and slower. Um, obviously, once you've got the new balls in your hand, it's quicker, but the new ball effect doesn't last very long. So... But it's impossible to really know that until you're until you into a tournament sort of three or four days. It's, it's hard to know that at the start. Sometimes we don't even know what balls they're using. How, how do we find out? It, it, it just, it's a question of making sure you download the podcast to find out, but is there a way that anybody can find out the balls beforehand? Generally, what I would do, I would go onto the tournament website. It will either say what balls they're using or most tournaments list under their partners, their sponsors. They, they normally have 
someone like it's someone like a Dunlop or a Wilson or a Yonex that will give you an idea of what balls they're using. The other way is to go on to somewhere like Getty Images and get photos. They've obviously got tons of photos on there of qualifying and you can generally see a player holding the ball or hitting the ball. If you're scrolling tightly enough, you can see what balls they're using. It's it's not it's not scientific, but sometimes that's all you can do because they do tend to change the balls at the drop of a hat, these tournaments. They don't use the same ball year on year often. So, yeah, it takes a bit of um, scrapping around, a bit of research sometimes. In, in your opinion, doing this for a long time, um, mm. do you think that the, the, these balls now and and the, the court speeds are now... As it, I mean, when, when we first, when I first started doing the, the tennis bending, the head's head was everything. Everyone said, I'll go to the head's heads. And then obviously you had to delve from the head's head into other things. Do you think now that the ball speed and the court speed is now probably the number one thing to look out for when you're handicapping? I think head's head is still important. Uh, it depends. Not all head-to-heads are relevant. Some are, are more relevant than others. It kind of depends. But uh, as far as the balls are concerned, yeah, it's 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 good. To, it's it's important, very important to know. But we we can't always know because, as I say, we don't get that information. But yeah, the balls do make a big difference because I, I still think this Shanghai court is even the stadium court. I still think it's a reasonable pace surface. But you know, these Wilson balls that they use and the Wilson ones that they, they make it a bit slower. And we've seen when they use other types of balls, like Technifiber ball in particular, when they used that in I think it was Rotterdam, that was painfully slow. I think they used it in a another tournament later on in the year. I can't remember which one it was, but they're really slow there as well. So I, I'm not sure why they're using these. I th- well, I, th- I think they're using the slow balls just to get longer matches. That's what the mm-hmm. tournaments want. They're all individual tournaments. They don't care what goes on the rest of the year. They don't care if the players are tired and getting injured from, from using these balls. All they care about is getting tickets sold and, and a good quality of entertainment for their fans, their supporters. Um, so it, it, it makes it tough, but the balls, yeah, it's, it's important. And I'd like to see quicker balls. I'd like to see a quicker ball used. I think all the players would as well. Mm. And we're seeing obviously players in this tournament coming to the end of the year. Shocks are happening. You would tend to find that it'd be a long, long, hard season. In particular for Carlos Alcaraz, bowed out today, uh, in mm. the last 16, didn't look at all well against Dimitrov, didn't play well. You've got a little bit concerned about him. You? Yeah. You've got a little bit of worry about him heading into the, the closing stretch of the season. Yeah, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look fully right to me. He's still got that strapping on his left thigh. Um, it, he's played a lot of matches. I said the other day, didn't I? He's played more matches now this year than he has before. You know, he is only twenty. He, I think the only reason, really, he's he's still going hard at it is because he thought he had a chance, and technically, he still does have a chance of ending the year number one. You know, that's that's a, a massive motivation. Remember when Andy Murray ran himself into the ground back in was it twenty sixteen? played pretty much every tournament, didn't he? And Because he knew that was his only chance of ending the year as number one, and he did it. And arguably, he might have paid the price for that later on in his career. We don't want that happening to Alcaraz. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at at the minute. Yeah, so lots of shocks. And long may they continue from the right side of these shocks here. Uh, we have two quarterfinals tomorrow in Shanghai. Um, one of them, the starter. Big interest to us, but probably not much interest in the to the betting public across in America compared to the second one. But the first one we're going to talk about is tomorrow at 3 a.m. Eastern time. These matches are both being played in the early hours of Thursday morning. Remember, Bet Rivers have a huge array of markets across uh, on specials on there. So the first one we're going to talk about is Fabian Marazan up against our 33 to 1 tournament pick, Herbert Hercash 
who is down, down to minus 245 to win this match, plus 195 for Marazan. Uh, the spread is two and a half. Her cash given up two and a half, minus 129. Marazan plus two and a half, minus one, uh, plus 102. And the total here is pitched at 23 and a half. The pair have never met uh, before. Um, but uh, her cash is doing her cash things here, winning tie rates, getting through as well as he can. Uh, he's obviously the higher seeded opponent here. He's got the bigger, big game temperament. He's got the bigger, get, bigger uh, sort of career CV here. But Marazan on his day is capable of a shock, as we saw when he beat uh, Alcaraz on clay in Rome. Um, how do you see this one going? What's your advice? Anybody who's got a nice anti-post voucher or a future voucher on Herbert Hercash here at 33s? Yeah, I think Hercash is, is going to get through here, but experience um is probably the one thing that he's got on his mind uh well sorry one thing that he's got to his advantage um it'll be his 11th masters 1000 quarter final he's won four of his last six if we look at the shanghai stats um they're very they're very close marajan's done really well 89 percent holds of serve her cash uh 92 holds of serve for her cash actually but 0.43 tie breaks per set he's played he's only broken serve 12.7 percent of the time so for me just feel her cash is a bit short. It just he's not breaking serve enough. I've said this many times. He needs to be more proactive. He needs to be more aggressive. He's too passive against Zhang. He was I don't know whether you saw the match against Zhang, but he was um he's just pushing it around, waiting for mistakes. That's not that's not doing it for me. I wish he was just more positive. He's got great weapons, great serve, big forehand, really steady backhand. For me, he's just he's just hanging about waiting for mistakes. And he was a little lucky against Zhang, I thought, because Zhang, um, I don't know whether you saw it, but he, he had a medical timeout later in the match, Yang. Uh, I think it was a back or hip problem that he had, but that, that kind of affected him a little bit. He's he's nicking his way through these matches. 12.7% breaks to serve this tournament. You know, 92% holds is great, but he's got to do some, he's got to do more in return. He's just he's just pushing it around sometimes. You know, Marijan's got some big weapons, you know, as I said, held serve um 89% of the time so far. This this Shanghai service points one of return points one total is actually better than her cashes in this tournament but only by one point 109 to 108 so i think it depends on the attitude as well of marijan if he comes into this feeling like he's got nothing to lose you know first masters quarter final i'm the underdog if he you know he's, he's if he's able to go for his shots if he's able to be relaxed and and kind of um enjoy the the experience then you know he's got a shot but the other the other side of the coin is it's the first it's the first Masters quarterfinal for him. Biggest match of his career by some distance, you would probably say. I know he's beaten Alcaraz, but this is this is a, a business end of the tournament now. He'll go top 50, by the way, um, if he wins uh, this match. Marijan started the year at number 173. He'll go top 50 if he beats Hercash. I think the experience, as I mentioned a minute ago, is perhaps the thing that gives me the most confidence about Hercash in this. He's got the weapons, Hercash. Just, I just want to see him... Be more proactive, that's all. But as far as betting concerned, if you're not obviously already on the Hercash outright and, and you're just coming into this cold and, and you you want to have a bet, that I'm taking a bet here. Same bet I had in the Zhang match because it feels to me like a very similar kind of matchup. Two players with a lot of power um, can get a lot out of their serves, can hit winners. Um, the bet I took in the Zhang one is the bet I'm taking here as well. It's a similar-ish price, over 12 and a half games in set one. It's a 2.95 plus 195 chance of bet rivers. I mean, Looking at these stats, I mean, a tie break's pretty likely. Her cash 0.43 per set, that's huge. So I think it's a similar bet, similar to the Zhang mod, but I'm you know, happy to take it again. 
plus 195 a tie break in set number one and doesn't matter if you're in if you're on the her cash pick just just have a bet on it as well it's value i'm on the her cash pick i will not not be betting this sean just because i've got 33 to one bit about her cash i'll be getting stuck into this as well there's a man in form plus 195 for a tie break in set one it looks like a great play on the stats uh her cash getting some huge amount of tie breaks and marizan obviously serving stats are exceptionally good as well so that one does Look, a decent bet, uh, a side break in set number one. And that is our only official play uh, today in Shanghai. But we do have one other quarterfinals to talk about. And it's uh, the interesting one for American betters. It's Ben Shelton, big Ben Shelton up against Sebastian Corda. Now, this is uh, the two young Americans. There's a song about that somewhere from a man who lives not far from here, David Bowie. Uh, anyway, it's a uh, very there? close. Yeah, David Bowie he was, lived, lived in Bromley. It was about two miles from where I live. He was born in Bromley. And anyway, uh, Ben Shelton up against Sebastian Corda is the big game. Minus 110. It's a pick and match. Uh, the game spread, you know, you can flick through the website and click the toggle and go whichever way you want to go. But I'm not going to even bother about that because it's a one minus one ten on the money line. And the total here is, is the high it's 24 and a half. Uh, and it's a pretty much pick and market there under 24 and a half is minus one thirteen. over 24 and a half is minus one twelve. A uh, big Ben obviously beat uh, Yannick Sinner played exceptionally well in that match, um, saved some countless break points and opportunities that Sinner had. Sinner obviously come through an epic week the week before, but Shelton serving incredibly well. Corda got all the talent in the world, but doesn't really deliver on the big stage. This could come down to a battle of nerves. And if it did, I want to be on Big Ben's corner. How do you see this one going, Sean? This is what I've written down. I've put this as a real pick'em. Mm. And it is. Um Corda usually goes well against left-handers. Won nine of his last 13 at all levels against left-handers Corda. But that said, and I'm sure you'll remember this, he lost to Vesely. At the Unfortunately, first... yes, I do remember that. <laughs> at the fir... in the first round at Wimbledon, and he, yeah, you know, th- this is about the best comparison I can get. I know Vesely and Shelton are different, very different players, but the serve is is kind of similar. It's a huge, booming left-handed serve. I can't think of a, a a better comparison as far as serves are concerned than than Vesely when it comes to to Ben Shelton. Well, certainly not the one that the quarters played anyway. Um. And he didn't do anything really much on that Vesely serve. I know he had 11 breakpoint chances that day, Corder. I remember it very well. And he only took one of them. But the, the bare fact remains that he only broke Vesely once in four sets. So you could perhaps argue that this this big left-handed serve of Shelton's is, is going to be effective. Um, quite surprisingly, actually, Corder's won all seven of his last seven completed quarterfinal matches at main level. I actually thought he had a questionable record in sort of quarterfinals maybe it's semi-finals certainly in finals oh, it's question, yeah. questionable record semis i'm not sure i haven't looked at that yet you could argue that there's a, a sliver of value here on quarter there's 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 a, a theory here i think that this price on shelton certainly isn't value based on what he's done this year on this surface um 2023 at main level outdoor hard shelton 59 percent win rate and a service points one return points one total of 101 quarter much better in win rate 71 percent and his total is 104. So Corder some way better at, on the stats. You could argue that Shelton's playing the better tennis now in this very short period that we're looking at. Um, but is there is there some is there a recency bias about this price? Are, are the bookies looking at this and looking at the way Shelton's playing at this exact snapshot of, of you know a few weeks or a month or so, rather than the season as a whole? Because if you're looking at the season as a whole. The, the stats for me would would 
would tell you to bet Corder. Um, you know, Shelton might well win this match, but I, I, I don't really see him as any value. If I was betting in this match, I'd, I'd probably take a little chance on Corder if they're roughly 50-50, the odds. Well, he's playing well in the Asian swing, isn't he? In Zhuhai, semi-finest quarter, final in Astana, beaten by Menorino. Um, Hasn't dropped the set here all week. Shelton's come through two tough games, Saffold and Sinner, going all the way. So you can see the reasoning behind it. Just the question is, I think if he gets if he got down to a battle between the minds, I just think that Shelton's obviously yeah. got the mental edge here. So, I think, you know, if Corder's going to win, I think he's going to win in easy and, and if Shelton's going to win he's going to win in two long tie breaks or three tight sets I think behind the big points better so that I mean that's the way I see the match going just talking about Ben Shelton very quickly um Sean though this match is a pick and match Bet Rivers have a, before we do that Bet Rivers have an unbelievable amount of uh, betting markets on I think about 40 different markets already on this match so that we expect a big handle from the American betters on the a match between their two up and coming players. It's going to be a promise to a big, be a big one. And it could obviously give you pointers for, for next year uh, on the anti-post markets already, the future markets already. Uh, a regular uh, viewer of the show is, uh, if you're watching the States, so you watch the darts commentary over, uh, over here in Europe, the big crazy darts matches they have, the world championships coming up. Sky Sports darts commentator, Rod Studd uh, is a friend of the show. He always comments on the show. And thanks for watching Rod. And he, he helped himself yesterday to a bit of a hundred to one on Ben Shelton to win Wimbledon. I'm looking at the Bet Rivers website now. Currently, Ben Shelton is 80 to one to win the Australian Open and 80 to one to win Wimbledon. And Sebastian Corder is 66 to one to win both those tournaments respectively as well. We've spoken about good times to, to play futures. Towards the end of the season now, especially the Australian, some players, there's a, there's a very short layoff period. Some players are looking tired, rusty. Some of us are coming into great form, maturing at the right time. Is Ben Shelton on your radar at big prices for Wimbledon and potentially the Australian Open now, Sean? Yeah, well, he, he did well at the Australian earlier on this year, didn't mm. he, Shelton? Um, obviously, didn't have any kind of pressure on his, on his shoulders then. Doesn't seem like he's a, a player that worries about pressure too much from what I've seen of him at the minute. Um, my concern about Wimbledon would would be the usual one that it's just it's just slow. That mm. that's what would worry me. Um, as far as each way betting is concerned, though, you'd you'd have to give him a shot. Obviously, he's going to have to beat. You would think he's going to have to beat one of Alcaraz or Djokovic, or maybe both of the seedings go a bit peculiar. Um, maybe maybe one of those will drop down to number three, and he he could perhaps play Medvedev, which would would be better on, on grass. You would have thought. Um, but yeah, but that it's certainly something to think about. Shelton for the Australian or for Wimbledon. I'm not sure he's perhaps going to win Wimbledon just yet. I mean, as I said, it's, well, Djokovic is around and, mm. and Alcaraz now is is showing himself to be adept on grass. That's that's going to be tough. Australian tends to be slightly more unpredictable because of players coming into the, the season a little bit cold and you know we don't know what the form is going to be like. Corder's another one. Australian Open went really really well this year there, didn't he? Um, in, in the two fifties as well before um before Melbourne and obviously Melbourne itself. I think he got injured there, didn't he? He had to retire from him brightly yep. in the yep. quarterfinals, didn't him. he? I was on him. I was on him that tournament as well. I bet him that Darn off, wasn't it? He lost yeah, uh, well, yeah. retired against. So Corder would, would certainly be I think both of them would be would be a mm. decent option for, for the Australian. Wimbledon, I'm yeah, I'm not I just it's just too slow. I want him to speed Wimbledon up. Otherwise you're just gonna get Djokovic, Alcaraz, and you know, all this, which is what they want, of course. Of course, it's what they want, and it's what a lot of um, a lot of kind of neutral viewers, you know, that aren't involved in betting, that's probably what they want as well. But it's not really what I want. But I'd, I'd probably 
sneakily perhaps prefer the Australian. Um, I think you've probably got slightly more chance there. Just before we wrap up the show, is there anyone else on your radar already now for the anti-post, what you've seen coming in towards the end of the season? I mean, we've only got just under a month now before the end of the season, a month's time now, the ATP Tour season for 2023 wraps up and then we more or less bang into the Australian Open. So is there anyone on your radar now ending the year? Obviously Shelton and Corder are going to be high on the sort of big potential winners at big prices, but anyone else coming into a bit of form, you think, you know what, they're going to start 2024 well? Well, Kashanov's one who who's had that long term injury, who's very, very, very solid record at at majors, particularly on hard course. It'd perhaps be one that you'd be looking at to maybe win a quarter. Uh, as far as winning it's concerned, it's difficult, isn't it, with Alcaraz and Djokovic and Medvedev? You know, they are a little bit ahead of of the and Sinner if he can get his body right. They're they're kind of ahead of everybody else, aren't they? I, I, I'm not sure I can see anyone kind of coming in and and beating two or three of them in a row to win win the title, but obviously each way better and you've got a chance. But nothing's immediately sprung to mind. I haven't really given it that much thought yet, to be honest. No. Anyway, if you want to go if look at the future markets, there's Sebastian Corder is actually 60 to 1 to win the Australian Open. Ben Shelton is 80 to 1. And that man there, Kachanov, is 200 to 1 currently on the Bet Rivers website. Head over across there and place your future bets. Uh if you think there's some value, I mean the best the best thing to do is see the, see this match. See if Ben Shelton wins easy, then click the button, or if Sebastian Corder starts winning, click the button to win the Australian Open. Because I think they'll both be half the price, you know, when it comes around. I think they're gonna be if Sitsipas has a bad form, they'll overtake that run and they'll end the season high. So we'll see what happens. That's all to come next year here on Game Bet and Match. Uh, remember, there's four ways to follow us here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can download the podcast, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. Subscribe to our YouTube channels, the Betting Weekly Studios, and also give us a follow on our socials on Instagram and Twitter at Because We Win. Uh, Sean, we'll be back tomorrow to look at the final two quarterfinals. Hopefully, we can get uh, Herbert Hercash through to the semifinals. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But so far, it's been a brilliant week. Long may it continue. Uh, enjoy it, everybody. Uh, I'll speak to you again tomorrow, Sean. Uh, well Thank done you. tonight. Well done so far in the tournament. And good luck with your picks tomorrow. And hopefully, we can get a first set tiebreak in Marijan against Herbert Hercash. And Hercash gets through to the semifinals. Take care, everyone. Speak again tomorrow.